I am not even sure how to start this podcast. Today's topic is enormous. It is kind of controversial as there are lots of opinions and thoughts and beliefs. And so I'm just going to try and take some time to introduce you to the Holy Spirit, who is God, right? And I find that God just continues to show his omnipotent, almighty power, his sheer genius, in that he is this three-in-one God, this singular God that is composed of three parts, so to speak, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they are all God in one. They are not separate from God, and yet somehow we sort of treat them that way. Lots of talk about how you identify these days on so many different levels. I think God gets it. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit give us an opportunity to identify with God on three different levels, and it is so exciting. Let's talk about the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining us. Did that just make like a really bad snap sound? Like when you take your tongue and you stick it to the roof of your mouth and then you make a little snap sound? I feel like my tongue was stuck and I started to say something and then it snapped. I don't know if that's on there and if it's not, this is just super funny. But if it is, sorry about that. That was an accident. Anyways, 28 seconds later and I am going to talk about today's subject, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so I talked about, you know, like, who do you identify with? And interestingly enough, when I think of God, I do think of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I think my quest to get to know God better and to strive to love God and devote my life to God and continue to learn, I think it's easier to sort of see that three-in-one kind of God. Most of the time, I identify with Jesus Christ. He is human God, 100% human, 100% God. He came here. He touched people. He talked to people. He loved on people. He hung out with the outcasts and the women and, oh, Jesus, come on. He died for us. And how do you not just identify with somebody who is so in love with you? But that is God and that is the Holy Spirit as well. And so often we sort of compartmentalize them similarly to how we as Christians will say what's called the Apostles' Creed. 
and it talks of believing in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and sort of defines their roles, so to speak. And it's true, and it's all good stuff, not at all denying it, and love to say that in church, and, you know, just if I had to explain it to somebody, I might even use that. But it is overlapped and intertwined and woven in and like for those of us who love art it's like this beautiful mixed media collage of amazingness of layer and color and texture and life and that is God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit And God, like I said, I think God is so genius in the sense that he sort of creates the world and shows who he is as this almighty father. And I think we look at God as father because we all come from a family. No matter who you are, you have a mother and a father, whether you know them or not, whether they're good or not, whether they're still together or not, or still alive, that's how you create a human. And so to identify with the father is easier for some than it is others. To identify with Christ, again, easier for some than it is others. But then there's this Holy Spirit. And often we think of the Holy Spirit after Jesus dies on the cross and raises again. If you are Lutheran, you 100% are going to talk about the Holy Spirit at baptism. Good stuff, no doubt. But then we kind of like, you know, just wrap up the Holy Spirit in that lovely little package and we don't get too excited over the Holy Spirit? Well, that's some Lutherans, not all Lutherans. And I know, and as do all believers should know, that the Spirit is there. Is there when God created earth? Is there when Christ came to earth? Is there when Christ ascended and is here and now? And so, What in the world? How do we wrap our heads around this spirit? But I do want to mention Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Verse 2. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There's your Holy Ghost right there. I love using the term Holy Ghost because people get freaked out when you call it the Holy Ghost. And I kind of get it because we don't want people to like go total Patrick Swayze where he's a ghost and he's dead because God isn't dead. Jesus is alive and present in the form of the Holy Spirit. So you kind of don't want to say ghost and yet in sort of an afterlife kind of situation, we think of ghosts. I'm not really sure I'm defining that correctly, and I will accept any 
priest or pastor to um, correct me on that and why we called it the Holy Ghost to begin with and why we stopped calling it the Holy Ghost. But I tend to tell kids in VBS in Sunday school that when we say ghost, you know, we think of um, Halloween or Ghostbusters or like zombies and things like that. And we don't think of living, we think of dead. And so that's typically why it's probably more PC to say spirit. But I just think it's fun to say the Holy Ghost and it totally cracks me up. It reminds me of a time when I went to this thing called Youthquake. It's a organization that would put on youth events for students. They'd have a cool, um, young, sort of co collegiate age band that ministered to kids. There was usually a sort of a keynote speaker and uh, another musician that was, you know, sort of semi-contemporary Christian singer. And just a weekend full of Jesus and amazingness. And one time we went to Chicago and it was the, the key musicians were rappers. They were two African-American men and they were like legit rappers. And I was just buzzed and I got, cause here I am like middle-aged white girl with all these, you know, white kids from super white, Janesville, Wisconsin, and we're all like super trying to get into the rap part of things. <laughs> but there was this one song that was like, because there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't quit. Hilarious. Clearly, I'm not a rapper, but the fact that I just tried busts my gut. And every time somebody brings up the Holy Ghost, I'm like, because there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. And I go through it every single time, and it is awesome. I don't even remember the name of those guys, but they were pretty cool, and they were awesome at relational ministry. Uh, they ate lunch with us, and we were trying to be so cool, like having like a picnic, almost like a tailgate kind of thing in the parking lot. Yeah, it was freezing. Nobody, nobody brought lawn chairs. <laughs> We made them sit in the parking lot. Yeah, losers. But they were awesome and our kids loved it and we had a great time. That was a super duper long time ago. So if you're a youth grouper who's listening and you went to it, yeah, hooray for you because you're probably a grown adult by now. You're probably married having your own children. Anyways, back to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there from the beginning. And it's interesting because in doing just a tiny bit of research, not a whole lot, I found that the word spirit is in 563 verses in the Bible. They don't always refer to the Holy Spirit. Lots and lots of them do. Sometimes they're like, you know, the king was high in spirits, which basically meant he was loaded. Um, and you've heard that before where, where they 
where somebody refers to alcohol as spirits. I think that's interesting. I don't know. Maybe it's because you get such a great feeling from it, like you do from the Holy Spirit, only fake and not good. But in the Bible, sometimes when they speak of somebody having too much alcohol, they're like high in spirit. Um, and sometimes they mean high in spirit as in like, oh, like a good thing. But most of the time, they are referring to the Holy Spirit. And the names of the Holy Spirit are vast. Like the spirit of, and like wisdom, the spirit of this and the spirit of that. I mean, lots of that kind of stuff. But I do love the ones that sort of come out of the New Testament because when Jesus is really explaining like, hey, y'all, I'm not leaving you. I'm not going anywhere because I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit. And they're like, clearly like, we don't get it. And I'm thinking, for heaven's sakes, you've been with Jesus for, what, three years? You see him die on the cross. He raises again. And you're, and he's with you for 40 more days and you still don't get it? Yeah, well, welcome to the rest of us, too. We're just sort of a dense people made in the image of God, but somehow can't quite figure it out. So here are some of the names. The author of scripture, comforter, counselor, and advocate convictor of sin, guide, indweller of believers, intercessor, a revealer or spirit of truth, the spirit of God, the spirit of life, teacher and witness. And so when you really think sort of who this Holy Spirit is, this is the part of God that is there from the beginning, who is God, and remains with us always and is there when we are conceived and is there when we are born and is there when we die. And it is through the spirit that we even come to know God and come to know Jesus because without the spirit, that's not even possible. And so the Holy Spirit is so exciting. And for us to sort of, like I said, you know, make it like, oh, just like this beautiful dove and, you know, just this sort of happy-ish feeling just doesn't do God justice. In the 70s, there was a really big sort of, I don't know, like revival or religious movement and the phrase born again became a big big deal are you born again um when were you saved things like that and and i get it and i'm not at all cutting it down or saying that that's not true or anything like that because for some there is a big moment. There is this spirit-filled moment. For others, they've known Christ their whole life and in their family. Um, for some, there are moments throughout 
our lives where there are spirit-filled moments. I think as Christians and as humans, there should be lots more, like our sinfulness gets in the way. But the whole born-again situation really is derives from John chapter 3. Um, in verses 4 through 6, Nicodemus, a rabbi and one of the, I think he's one of sort of like the elders, you know, I don't know if he's a Pharisee, um, but he's sort of in that um, sort of, that sort of ministry. He, so he's a rabbi and he comes to see Jesus at night and they're, and they're talking and he says, how could, and Jesus says, unless you are born again, and he says, how can somebody be born when they're old? Nicodemus asks, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Well, no kidding, Nicodemus, like, hello, hello Captain Obvious. But he's just thinking, like, how do we get born again? And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Now, hardcore Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod will say that that is speaking of baptism. And I definitely don't deny that. I think when you talk about being baptized, the spirit is there and the water is there. And like Jesus says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. I think that there is plenty of examples of spirit-filled humans that have that were not baptized in the Bible. John the Baptist comes to mind first because when he's in his mother's womb, he is spirit-filled and he leaps inside Elizabeth's womb. There are judges where the spirit came upon them. David speaks of the spirit, um, especially when he's asking for forgiveness. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not the Holy Spirit from me. David wasn't baptized. And so I agree to disagree. And I don't I don't agree to discount baptism because Jesus tells us to get baptized and it's a good, good thing. And the spirit is there and there is water and there is the spirit. But there's water when you are born. And so when you are born of water and the spirit, when you are, when you ask the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and to know who the spirit is, there is a rebirth there. It is understanding who God is. It is understanding Jesus 
and it is understanding that there is the spirit present within you. I learned an awful lot about the Holy Spirit from my mom. She was absolutely on fire for Jesus Christ, and that is through the Holy Spirit. She loved the Reverend Billy Graham, and she had a devotion called Day by Day with Billy Graham. Her version was the was copyrighted in 1976. It shows Billy Graham, um, a picture of Billy Graham. It looks like he has maybe a white sweater on, and I don't know if he's in front of a microphone, but he's got his hands folded, and it's called Day by Day with Billy Graham, and it's compiled and edited by Joan William Windmill Brown. That part's cut off, so I'm not even sure. And my mom has legit, like, pasted things inside her book, so I can't even tell you any of that. But basically, what this author, yep, it is Joan Windmill Brown. I just found it. Basically, what this author did was she took some of the preaching and some of the sermons and some of the devotions of the Reverend Billy Graham and put them into short devotions. And there's two in a row about the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to read them both because they do always start off with a Bible verse. And this one's from Luke eleven thirteen, and it's from LB, which I believe is the Living Bible. Realize that your Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for Him. So there's some dot dots in there, which must mean they're omitting some of the words, but here's what the Reverend has to say about it. Before He left His disciples, Christ promised that He would send a Comforter to help them in the trials, cares, and temptations of life. This, this word comforter means one that helps alongside. He is the Holy Spirit, the powerful third person of the Trinity. The, mo the moment you are born, he takes residence in your heart. You may not emotionally feel him there, but, you, but here you must exercise faith. Believe it, accept it as a fact of faith. He is in your heart to help you. We are told that he sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. He produces the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. I think Billy added a few in there. We cannot possibly manufacture this fruit in our own strength. It is supernaturally manufactured by the Holy Spirit who lives in our hearts. And the prayer for the day says, Lord God Almighty, I praise you your Holy Spirit, who guides me and keeps me in all my ways. And if you knew my mom, otherwise known as Granny, she's got stuff starred and underlined and circled. And then when it says he is the Holy Spirit, she has an underline and an arrow that points to a little side um, note of her own that calls him the Holy Sidekick. Hilarious. I think that is so great. The very next day in this devotion, by the way, these are April 18th and 19th, for whatever that's worth to you. The second one, though, says, I advise you to obey, this is Galatians 5, 16. I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's instructions. He will tell you where to go and what to do. 
and then you won't always be doing the wrong things your evil nature wants you to do. Billy says, to walk in the spirit is a challenging and inspiring exercise, for it combines activity with relaxation. To walk means to place one's foot in front of the other. If you don't stop doing this, you are no longer walking. You are standing still. Walking always implies movement, progress, and direction. Sin shall no longer rule or dominate you when you are allowing the Holy Spirit to live Christ's life through you. It is living by faith, living by trust, living in dependence upon God. If we, took, if we look to our own resources, our own strength, or our own ability, as Peter did when he walked on the water, we will fail. You cannot live that Christian, the Christian life by yourself. The Holy Spirit must live in you and express himself through you. Living for Christ is a day-by-day experience. It is a continuous dependence upon the Spirit of God. It is believing in his faithfulness. And the prayer says, Lord, so often I have walked on my own instead of walking in your Spirit. Guide my footsteps this day. I pray in Jesus' name. I like my mom's notes, too, because when, she, when it says to walk in the spirit is a challenging and inspiring exercise, she writes, is it ever full of surprises? And then she also wrote where it says sin, sin shall no longer rule or dominate you when you are allowing. And she has it, that word circled and it says keyword. And then the very last note she has is It's letting go of the reins and letting the Holy Spirit do the driving. I love that. And I love the way Billy Graham and Granny have interpreted the Holy Spirit, otherwise known as the Holy Sidekick. To me, it's like the Bible sort of plays all the cards sort of specifically in terms of hinting at the Holy Spirit as God is creating the world and as he is telling the story of the fall of humans when Adam and Eve disobey God and they get kicked out of the garden because they can't stay there. God can't risk them eating from the tree of life. And so they have to go, but he gives them clothes, remember? And he says that he's present and he loves them. And so throughout, throughout the whole Old Testament, there are hints of the Spirit. Like I said in, in the Judges and in some of the prophets, Isaiah speaks of the spirit and David speaks of the spirit and they're all, they all get connected to the new Testament. And I love that. I love how God has made this, this book, this, this Bible for us that intertwines it all. And, and also leaves some parts out for us to ponder and think about and, And I think that there's power in the Holy Spirit when you are reading the Bible to ask him to guide and counsel and help you understand 
And when we do that, and I'll be honest with you, I forget all the time. I rarely ever say, Holy Spirit, fill me as I read these words so that I truly understand them or, or at least get a glimpse of what you mean by these. So much power in the Holy Spirit because God is all powerful and almighty. Listen to my commercial because I got to figure out a way to wrap this up. And I don't even know how I'm going to because the spirit is so amazing and powerful. So here's my little commercial. Maybe the spirit freaks people out because when you think of God, the father creator of all things, we see trees and animals and sky and sun and moon and stars. When we think of Jesus Christ, people saw him, they touched him, they hugged him, they ate with him. And so real human, real God, but you don't really see the spirit. And so when people, I think people get all like mystified by that and maybe even a little bit freaked out. And when you talk about like the gifts of the spirit, boy, do you get people who are super stressed about some of that. And the crazy part is to not acknowledge the gifts of the spirit is like holding God in contempt is just, you know, to say this one exists and this one doesn't. I think the reason sometimes we don't see some of those gifts is our own sinfulness, our own inability to fully understand. First Corinthians 12 says, now about the gifts of the spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you are pagans, somehow or other, you are influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the capability to even say Jesus is Lord. And it starts with sort of that acceptance. There are lots of different gifts and the, and the key is that they are all from the same, from the same God, the same spirit. He gives them to us and distributes them accordingly. And so lots of gifts that are spoken of like healing and faith. Let me see if I can put it all into context. First Corinthians 12, eight through 10 to one, there is given the spirit of a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Tongues freaks people right out. But I just challenge everybody 
to take this word as God's word. And when he says that people speak in tongues, it is the language of the Holy Spirit. And there are people who can interpret those tongues. Some of that is used for the Christian who is given that gift in prayer as an intercessor. If it is for to edify all, then an interpreter will be there to do exactly that, interpret. I would love to meet somebody who has the gift of interpreting tongues. And it's not just a foreign language interpreter. I believe that there are people who speak in tongues and there are interpreters of tongues. I would love to meet an interpreter of tongues. I would think that would be amazing. To another miraculous powers, it doesn't say what those powers are. We know how to discern because it is by the same spirit. All of these gifts are from the spirit who is God. So when the gift is to glorify God and to edify the church, then that is a gift of the spirit. We need to be careful when somebody is using it in a different way. And it is not that somebody can't misuse their gifts. We see that in the Bible sometimes. So when you don't know, when you're confused how to discern, we go to the Spirit. We go to God himself and have that conversation. It is, like I said before, such a mystery to know the Spirit. But it is no different than the mystery of Christ or the mystery of God the Father. Our God is an awesome God. And I now I'm busting a gut because that's also a song. And it reminds me of this time, this little girl at one of these youth retreats. And it was like they, they would have these talent shows. And most of the time, kids, you know, pretty talented kids would get up and they might play the guitar. Or they might sing or whatever. And this little girl got up because she just wanted to sing for Jesus and saying, our God is an awesome God. And it was horrifying. And a room full of middle schoolers encouraged her and clapped for her and made her feel really good. And there was the spirit right then and there too. But it's true. God is an awesome God. And he he has provided his Holy Spirit, he himself in spirit form to be with us and around us and protecting us and comforting us and, and counseling us. And we need to cultivate that relationship. There's a teenage girl book called are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And my 
tattoo artist said there's a, another book called Are You There, Margaret? It's Me, Myself, and I. I thought that was hilarious. I know it was supposed to be kind of a burn on the triune God because it is a weird sort of concept, right? Like we don't get it, but it is God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. And they are one. And this is just a short introduction sort of to say, get to know God better. And in, in doing so, in so doing, did you notice that the last episode I said that a ton in so doing, like, I don't know, where did I all of a sudden turn into some sort of news reporter? It was embarrassing, and for that I apologize. Anyways, back to the future. Getting to know God, you get to know Jesus, and you get to know the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to end it today on this Bible verse from John 14, 16 through 18. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. That verse hits home because the world doesn't know our God. And in order for us to continue to combat evil, we must call on the Holy Spirit to be in our hearts and in our minds and in our souls and on our lips and with every fiber of our being. So let's have a Holy Ghost party and share the love of Jesus Christ with everyone we meet. Have a great week. Love you all. And I gotta do it. Gotta shout out to my sister Susie, because let's be honest, I do that every week.